This is episode 54 with Jeff Mann. G'day legends and welcome to Your Life of Impact, where we connect with world-class athletes and coaches, health experts and enthusiasts, inspiring entrepreneurs and community leaders, all to teach you how to tap into your inner excellence. I'm your host, Brett Robbo, and I'm extremely grateful you're joining us today on your impactful journey. Jeff Mann is a genuine country legend. He's been a radio broadcaster for almost 30 years and has an abundant reputation in the western region areas of New South Wales. Jeff was awarded the Best Country Sports Broadcaster seven years in a row at the Australian Commercial Radio Awards. He also won the National Award for the Best Sporting Broadcast in Australia following the 2003 Central West Rugby Union Grand Final when the Forbes Platypie beat the Bathurst Bulldogs. This was less than 12 months after three of their players were killed in the Bali bombing terrorist attack. Whilst Jeff is known as the Mr. Sport of the Central West, the main reason I wanted to get him onto the podcast is because of his huge commitment to and impact in community. When I think of Jeff Mann, I think of community. As you all know, I'm from a very small country town called Cobar, and I've experienced that amazing community in times of greatness and in times of tragedy. I've also learnt, grown, and developed from every community I've been a part of in my time on this planet, and I'm deeply intrigued by the inner workings and ethos of all different communities around the globe. I absolutely loved this chat as I always love hearing from people who have been on the planet longer than me that I can learn from their values and life lessons. So I took this opportunity to treat this like a chat with an elder who has an abundance of value to offer from a genuinely kind-hearted place. And I wanted to hear things from Jeff that other people probably don't ask him about. And it's even more spectacular and more valuable because of Jeff's great radio voice. (laughs) I don't think I've ever used the word spectacular on this podcast before. We cover the history and evolution of community sport, the power of connecting in community for holistic health and longevity. And Jeff tells us his deeper why behind his passion for radio. Unfortunately, my microphone ended up deciding not to participate properly in this chat, so the audio quality of my input isn't up to the standard that I pride this podcast on, so I do apologize for that in advance, but Jeff's radio voice is clear as day. This week, I'm not reading an iTunes review, but I wanted to do a special shout out and thank you to those who have reached out and emailed me directly to let me know the impact that this podcast has had in their lives. Some people have really poured their heart and souls out to me and told me the genuine impact this podcast has had in their lives, and I am so extremely grateful for that and even proud for you for taking that step to pour your heart and soul out. Honestly, this is why I do this podcast. You've heard me say in interviews and other episodes that I aim to impact the lives of hundreds of thousands of people. And this, to me, is impact. This is what I mean when I say impact. Yes, download numbers and iTunes reviews are important to keep the podcast alive, so please keep them coming. But these heartfelt messages to share with me how the awesome guests and content from this podcast are helping you guys make permanent positive change in your life, that, to me, is real impact. I'm extremely grateful for your continuous feedback and I look forward to meeting and speaking to more of you on this journey as we start to do more events and cross paths with you legends. Speaking of legends, here's a radio voice that you won't want to stop listening to. So Jeff, you're known as Mr. Sport of the Central West and the Western Plains. You've been involved in sport as a competitor and a participant pretty much your whole life. And I know you love history 
But how do you feel about the future of sport in our, in our country, but also in the smaller communities, given the changes in technology, laws, education, everything like that? It's a completely changing face. I, I grew up in Canamble, little town like Cobar, 3,000 people. Our opportunities were limited probably to summer sport was cricket, tennis. Winter sport was rugby league, occasionally rugby union. I am excited about what the future holds because there's so many different opportunities now. Indoor sport, outdoor sport, variations on the main games. Rugby league has how many different manifestations? Rugby union has the sevens. Women are playing sport now. We've got all of the indoor sports. We've got uh, novelty sports like frisbee that's being played water sports that were foreign to us as as kids because we lived in a dry community are now open water sports and and the whole variety of skiing and wakeboarding uh, i i think the future is is bright because people are very much more aware of, of the variety that are available that's good to hear you say because I actually thought it might have been a bit of a shift because I see that as well and I see mm. a lot of extreme sports coming out and just different communities popping up in sports. Mm. But also I see the challenges based around technology advancement. Kids are connected to the world so much more these days without even stepping out of their bedroom or without even stepping out of their house. So the computer gaming is massive. Exposure to the world through these avenues is massive. Mm. Yeah, it certainly is. But at the same time, I think the same technology is opening people's eyes to sports that are out in the world. You've only got to take the, the current Winter Olympic Games in South Korea. How many Aussies are involved? When I was a kid, Winter Games meant nothing. So people are being exposed to a whole range of other sports and other activities in the world through the technology and I do think there's there is a shift I think out in the west in particular people are are really trying to drive kids to be more active and they're taking positive steps towards engaging them in physical activity so I take your point about technology sitting in front of a computer and everything has changed but just driving around our own community we only commented the other night the number of kids that are now playing tennis And I think tennis took a huge dive for a long period of time. People are back playing that. Squash was huge when I was a kid. Not many people playing squash now. Go around the touch footy fields, go around the the soccer fields, go around the, the AFL fields, and there's more people engaged simply because they're not necessarily playing competitive sport but fun sport. That's good to hear again because another thing within schools is I see in the cities... They're taking PE classes away from schools. I know a lot of schools in the cities, they don't actually employ PE teachers. Mm, mm. They see less and less value in the sport. They think our schools need good grades, so let's give them more hours of maths, more hours of science, things like that. So it's awesome to hear that you still see the growth in sport out in these Western communities. I think the encouragement of sport. Western communities, very large Aboriginal population, and traditionally wonderful sports people but not necessarily engaged through school or at least not into the senior years the proactive programming that's available in western new south wales now to ensure that those kids stay in school to be educated but they're using sport as a tool to engage them so foundations like the clontarf foundation which came out of western australia and the northern territory essentially aimed at aussie rules has now flowed into all sports And it's not just you come to school and you play sport. You play sport only if you come to school, but also that you achieve certain requirements, not necessarily academic, but engagement in all the activities of the school. And and I think that has to be a plus because we talked technology a little while ago. People are aware of obesity and of the health factors, negative health factors that are that are impacting on people's lives when they're not engaged in something physical. Absolutely. It disappoints me when I come across people in in the world that don't agree with government funding towards sport because they think that it should go more towards infrastructure and, and all the important things. But the ripple effect of activity and sport is huge and health 
benefits, but even things like balance and coordination and neural wiring, uh, communication, learning, team environments, everything like that. And like you said, to battle obesity and the health issues. Well, you've got to introduce something, and you know, there's, there's, it, it may be seen as minimalist, but New South Wales government now has introduced a $100, might be the Australian government, a $100 bonus for anyone who signs up to register in an activity, not necessarily in a sporting competition, but an activity. And, and that might be being in the park run or the park walk or, or something that involves you being active. It, it's just a no-brainer that if people sit on their butts all the time, the mind, even though it might be being stimulated by technology, is not really growing. And like I'm 60 years of age, but I, I look back to our growing up and particularly, you know, pre that, my father's growing up, they rode push bikes everywhere. Uh, I spoke to a woman the other day who, in order to be able to play sport, she had to get on the train to go into Ningen and then she would play a sport and ride the bike home. You know, and, and, and that, that was just, it was a way of life. You cut wood to get heat and, and fuel for your fires. That isn't a, a given today because you can press a button. So you have to manufacture reasons for people to do it. And, and I applaud all the initiatives that are happening, park runs that are, that are growing around the world, novelty events like mud runs or CrossFit training that's come in, the extreme sort of physical training, which takes people outside probably their comfort zone, but in doing that opens up their whole world. Yeah, I love it. I love seeing, and it's, you know, I've been in high performance sport my whole life as an athlete, as a therapist, as a coach. What I'm noticing around the world is there's less and less people that are actually interested in these Olympic sports, the, the normal, you know, quote unquote Olympic sports because of the evolution of all these other things, like you mentioned, the mud runs, CrossFit, there's all the Red Bull extreme sports. Everyone <laughs> is so much more interested in that. And I don't think it's a bad thing. I just think that, uh, that, that that's reality, that's evolution, and that's what we're getting used to is that shift of that mindset, and it's actually exposing more people to more variety. I think people are exploring uh, options more. As I said, Frisbees, ultimate Frisbee is now a sport that's growing exponentially uh, around the world, and yet that's something that you and I probably did as kids, just throwing it, you know, maybe when we went on our once-a-year excursion to the to the beach or, or perhaps at the pool or at a, at a party, you, you'd just throw them around. But it's a sport now, and, and whilst it's a lot of fun, it, it actually is extending people's physical skills they're twisting they're jumping they're running they're turning and they know that to have more fun they probably have to get a bit fitter so they they're taking it more seriously i i i am excited about the the variety of sports and the variety of activities that are available and that people are making available and also creating creating something out of nothing before we move on, I want to say, Jeff Mann, welcome to your life of impact. <laughs> Thanks, Robbo. It's, it's good to be uh, involved. Uh, the impact that I had as a sports person was, uh, <laughs> was minimal, but I'm glad to be a part of uh, a sport as my life and, and to have sort of some engagement with other people through that. Well, you and I have actually been connected because of the beauty of sport. And I've heard you on the radio hundreds of times over the years. But I just recently, we actually connected together when I ran with the Queen's Baton Relay, mm -hmm. Dubbo. And we've had some, uh, so the Commonwealth Games Baton, we've had some great chats since then. And you had me on your Saturday morning sports show just recently, which I'm very grateful for. Thank you for that. And now here we are today sitting in your beautiful family home in Dubbo. Yeah, in... Uh in, well, we're in Wongarban. Dubbo we classify as West Wongarban. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and Wellington classifies Dubbo as West Wellington. So there's a, a little bit of uh, that uh, frivolity between the communities. Yeah, it, it, it's great. I, I started broadcasting, I suppose, uh, having had a long career playing sport. Played rugby league, rugby union. Unfortunately, spent more time in dry dock with you know, three ACL 
uh, reconstructions. That's some uh, good scars you've got. I'm looking at your knee there. <laughs> well, things have, things have changed a lot since the, the first day when uh, John Sage operated on me in Belmont Hospital in Newcastle where you opened up on both sides of the knee. But one door closes, another one opens. And I suppose philosophically in life, that's, that's the way I viewed it. No longer able to participate as I would like to gave me an opportunity to explore another part of my life that, I, that I'd always been passionate about, and that was bringing sport to other people. I grew up listening to ABC radio as a kid and twisting the dial, sitting in the front room with Dad's old, you know, radio and, and moving it around everywhere from 2MO in, in Gunnedah to uh, 2GZ in Orange and all the country stations so that I could track where the people that I knew had been good footballers in particular in Canamble, were playing over the state. And Olympic Games and listening to the cricket, the Ashes broadcasts, uh, thankfully they were live, not the old uh, Alan McGilvray type tapping on the, the radio. But that ingrained in me a love, but also a way of connecting with other people. So I'm very grateful to have had that opportunity open to me that maybe would not have had I continued playing sport. And what is it that you still love about doing radio to this day? You've been with it for almost 30 years. Yes. What do you love about doing the radio? Probably a couple of things. One is that I'm not aware whether people want to listen, they can turn the button off, so I don't actually get to see them turn their back on me if they want to. But no, probably what I love most about uh, about radio is, is that you can reach and connect people these days all over the world because with ABC, we live cast through the World Wide Web so that when I'm talking to Brett Robinson in Cobar, I could also be talking to him in Sweden. He could switch in and, and listen. And I think that community is about connection. And when I talk, when you were playing football out at Cobar, if I mentioned your name, I knew that your grandparents would be hearing that. They might not have been able to get there. The blokes on a tractor, the, the people who can't attend a sporting event because they're probably driving their kids somewhere else to a sporting event, can stay connected. And it's amazing when someone's in hospital and they hear that, their grandson or their granddaughter has scored a try or or, or kicked a goal or, or done something sporting-wise, it brings them to life. It's a medium that is immediate and uh, the feedback that you get from people is is the connections that they've made. I didn't realise such and such was living in Ningen now. I must get in contact. And that's all because you've broadcast the name over the radio brilliant through connection you must have seen a lot of changes through technology over the years (laughs) we're sitting here with a laptop (laughs) organizing ourselves on a, a program that you will be able to edit simply like that when i first started broadcasting everything was done with an old reel to reel and if i wanted to cut out an arm or an R or take a whole section, literally you had to cut it. You put the tape down, you used a pair of scissors or a razor blade and then you used sticky tape to bring it back together. And so that that challenged. I, I suppose in one sense it meant that when you sat down to interview, you would try and uh, get it right the first time to minimise the edits. But rarely do you do that. So that's a huge change. The fact that we can now interview on a mobile phone or I could send something from Ningen back to the station, whereas before I'd have to get a landline plugged in, telephone, data and that sort of stuff. But the idea of, of live or recorded is brings to mind a, a very funny memory of being, well, two memories really, one being at Dubbo, probably one of the first broadcasts I ever did, and I was listening back, because it was live, I was listening back through a, a receiver and the line went dead. And the presenter in the studio said, oh, we seem to have lost Jeff, I'm not sure where he's gone. And I'm busily trying to work out what's happened to my equipment. And then I look around and on the old bike track in Dubbo, there's a kid there swinging the, the cord that had been plugged in. <laughs> 
and another time I went to Wellington and we were pre-recording. I'm not sure why, but I did my reports. Okay, coming to you in five, four, three, two, one. Welcome to Wellington. Kennard Park's the venue for today's big game, such and such. And I felt myself getting, my voice getting higher and I couldn't go anywhere. And I said, no, no, we'll cut that. I'll start again. Five, four, three, two, one. Welcome to Wellington. Kennard Park today, the venue, and, and off it went. Lovely. But we didn't have mobile phones, so I didn't have the opportunity to talk back to the studio and say to them, hey, it's the second cut, not the first. <laughs> so I was desperately hoping that Ken Smith, who was in the studio at the time, had picked it up, and he didn't. And I heard this coming down, five, four, three, two, one, and I just turned my everything off and closed my eyes and hoped that uh, I didn't didn't get caught out and it was only when I heard Jim Maxwell do exactly the same thing from the West Indies cricket uh, a couple of weeks later that I went well it's not just oh, the, the it's not it's not just the bushies but uh, yeah very interesting and 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 broadcasting live as you do from sporting broadcasts you also you're connecting with people who are there and you might say something there and someone doesn't agree with what you're saying and they'll tell you there and then while you're trying to concentrate to give the report and you've just said, Brett Robinson's had a shocker, he's dropped three three tries with the line wide open and, and your mum's sitting on the sideline and she says, no, he didn't, that was a bad pass. <laughs> oh, I love it, in the heat of the moment, the high-pressure state. Absolutely. So speaking of evolution and... You speaking to the world, are we going to see a Jeff Mann podcast? <laughs> uh, look, I, that's not something that I've ever even thought about, to be quite honest. Podcasting is something I listen to Richard Vidler when I'm dra- driving around. I'll be listening to Brett Robinson <laughs> now. Uh, that's that's a totally new medium. It used to be, like I, I grew up at a time, if you wanted to listening listen to something but you uh, weren't going to be able to hear it, you'd have to get your mum or your, your cousin or your wife or somebody to tape it on a cassette and replay later and hope that they'd caught it so the idea of podcasting was something completely foreign I'd never thought about it but it's it's certainly a medium that is is getting traction and I note with your podcast you know number one on the the new list this year yeah it was and the thing I love about podcasts is exactly what you talk about with radio is that that connection and that impact through so many different communities one of the big reasons I wanted to get you onto this podcast is because when I hear Jeff Mann, a lot of people think of the, the voice of sport, the man of sport, I think of uh, community mm. and your passion for community. That's what I see ooze through you. And I, I wanted to ask you, you're an extremely driven community person and community member by either directly contributing or by connecting, like you just said, through the radio. but. Why is community important to you personally? What does community mean to you? I know I'll share a similarity with you on this. You know, your your drivers were, were family and, and your, your grandparents. My drivers were my parents. It, it, it's not what you hear, it's what you see. And they and so many of their their friends, they were connected with community. You know, whether it was... Chopping wood. We we grew up in a, in a in a Catholic community with the the nuns in Canamble, so the men in particular were always out chopping wood so that they could you know heat the the convent and whatever else. But you just anywhere you looked around, people were doing things. Dad was a, a volunteer uh, ambulance man, so occasionally I'd go to the races with him. And the only thing that we ever knew for certain was that we'd run last in every race because we <laughs> we'd follow around. But you looked around and people weren't doing things for money. They were they were engaged and, and it was through that engagement and it's been my own experience in our own life is that the more you give, the more you get. Well, in fact, the more you get, the more you want to give would be a better way of saying it. And and, and just so often you, you go out to communities to sport and you see people that have been there for 50, 60 years the names that appear on sporting grounds don't often reflect the best sports person in the town, but they're a recognition of people who have given a lot, whether it's wheeling a wheelbarrow down uh, the main street, selling raffle tickets so that the local footballers can have a Guernsey, whether it's your, your local swimming club that's doing some, you know, whatever it might be to raise funds. So if you don't have that 
and that's probably one of the saddest things I've seen in, in life, is we've moved a bit away because of OH&S and everything else from, from activities like working bees, school working bees, because it's cheaper to pay someone to come in than it is to pay the insurances mm. that enable. And yet, through a working bee, sitting and chatting young and old, that's where you you, you connect and, and you learn, you know, and, and learning's an ongoing process. Absolutely. That's a big part of what this podcast is all about. But when I think of community, like you said, obviously my grandparents and their legacy, they were huge community members. Mm. And But I've also experienced many different communities. Cobar was amazing to me growing up and so supportive. Uh, the AIS community, every sport that I did, every place that I've lived, every workplace, it, they're all different communities. communities. And the more I get involved in communities the more I learn, grow and develop. And what also intrigues me is why I like to talk to people like yourself and learn more about community is because I look at the uh, the blue zones. Do you know what the blue zones are around the world? So there are these uh, pockets around the world where people live well into their hundreds yes. and they've studied them and there's some commonalities and it's around health. It's like you said before, they're, they're just active. They have to go and collect the water or chop the wood. Mm-hmm. But one big part commonality between all of them is community and it's that support and people actually thrive on and live better and are healthier when they have that community network. Yeah, I think one of the, the challenges for us in, in modern life, in Australia in particular, is is that we're moving into, people are, are being put in boxes, people moving into nursing homes or, or that sort of activity and unless that's really watched you're talking the blue zones it's often the community around that keeps people into their 80s still connected with their home community i met a, a lady from ningen the other day who's 83 and going on 40 i think she is you know just a, a real a real dynamo because she's still connected she's not in a home and and i recognize that people have to move that way but that's a real challenge for us as a community that even if you do move into a home or a gated community that you stay connected and, and some of them do that extremely well. They have card games, they have music and sitting around playing a piano or they, they're, uh, they're, they're rolling a, a lawn bowl. But, but it is, it's a challenge. Community comes out in bad times. It's just 12 months since massive bushfires out here in the west of New South Wales and the incredible uh, outpouring of um, involvement and generosity. And, and as a kid growing up in Cobar, you saw that when your old town of Ningen was completely flooded, not Ningen on the Bogan, Ningen under the Bogan, and there were friendships forged in, in that tragedy, fortunately not one that cost anyone their life, but friendships forged in that tragedy that have lasted a lifetime. And, and you, you simply can't do without other people you can't be a rock yeah absolutely that's that's what i was getting at there that's what i think is vitally important for people to understand in that power of community that ningen flood we were just talking about before was actually on my birthday on the 23rd of april (laughs) in 1990 we just left town but i also look at community from a different perspective and one thing that really comes to mind that i've studied a lot in the recent years is a company called lululemon Mm. Now, they're a brand that most people haven't heard of, but they challenge Nike. They almost match Nike every year to their profits, how much profits they make. They're a clothing brand, and they don't really advertise. They've just started to do a bit more in recent times, but their community ethos is stronger than I've ever heard of in any organization before. So they nourish their communities. They put on free community yoga, free community mental resiliency workshops, free community boot camps everything like that and they just give their community all this engagement and they do the same for their staff and i see that's their way of quote unquote advertising Mm. they actually care about their community so much care is a huge word and whilst i wasn't aware of, of the company that you're talking about i've seen in the last 10 years in particular the care that's coming out through our communities, but, and I'm very proud that it's happening in a lot of sporting communities around things like mental health and resilience. We've had sadness and, and tragedies because we're farming communities where men, young and not so young, have taken their own lives. 
that impact has been incredible. And the community says, we can't just go on about this or ignore it or say how sad we are that someone has gone. They are actually doing things like dedicating race meetings to getting people together and connecting them. They're, they're having, let's just sit and have a chat, barbecues, rugby union clubs, rugby league clubs, netball, they're having special days with a focus so that people are seeing this as more than just a game of win and lose but that it's a part of life and and I I am extremely proud of sporting communities that use their tool as a vehicle to connect people so that we can go forward. Absolutely and you and I have had chats about this in terms of the the mental resiliency the mental strength aspects and it's it's awesome to see it filter through different communities. And I've had this chat with a few people on the podcast around the mental strength training, the stuff that I've taken from a lifetime in high-performance sport and now teaching it to everyone is, and when you touch on mental health, there's a lot of crossovers there mm, of what that actually mm. means in regards to helping people understand their mental health as well as uh, enhance and optimise their mental health. And it's about being comfortable with who you are as person so instead of trying to say you're striving to be the best because I'm never going to run 100 meters in 9.5 seconds it's striving to be the best that I can be maybe running 100 meters in itself is the feat that I need to achieve swimming 100 meters uh, riding a push bike getting on a horse whatever it might be but it's challenging yourself and there's an interesting quote that I keep beside my bed and it's something that I live by because I'd been through plenty of, uh, you know, those mental health issues myself and a lot of it wrapped up in expectation. You know, I thought I was going to play cricket for Australia. I thought I was going to kick the winning goal in a grand final. And, and of course, they're dreams, <laughs> but they were never achievable. That's not to say that well, they just weren't achievable because I didn't have the ability, but it didn't mean that I couldn't work towards them. But you'd worry about what other people thought. And somebody gave me a piece of paper one day and it said, what other people think about you is none of your business. And I was trying to think about that. And, and I've rationalised it. And what it does mean is that I can't get inside your head or somebody else's head. So what I'm thinking that they're thinking is I'm thinking that they're thinking. I really don't know what they're thinking. So what does it matter? In other words, be comfortable with who you are. And that's, again, the beauty of being in community is you see a lot of people, big blokes playing footy. They're not the best, but they're out there giving their best. People who are, whether it's in whatever activity, giving of their best. And they don't care that they're big, they're small, they're good-looking or they're ugly. You don't have to be a stereotype. You just have to be involved. And, you know, what other people think about you is none of your business. Yeah, I love that. It doesn't actually matter because everything in life is just a perception and that's what I teach people is you, I challenge people with a lot of deep, thoughtful questions to really reflect on themselves, to understand who you are as a person and, and make it actually uncomfortable because they're the questions that we don't ask ourselves enough because that creates your... It builds your self-esteem, it builds your confidence and it changes your perception. I talk to people... I challenge them on internal and external environments. You and I can be sitting here looking at something and have completely different internal sure. experiences because you might, for example, if it's a snake, I'm petrified of snakes and my heart rate might go up and I think this is a not a great experience and I want to get out of here and you might love snakes and you're thinking this is one of the best days I've ever had. External environment exactly the same. Internal environment, your stresses, your hormones, everything are completely different. Our perception is completely different. You see kids laughing. They're completely unaffected by what's around them. I'm talking little kids, you know, 12 months, two years old, three years old. They just go and they play. They fall over, they wobble, they do all those sorts of things. It's not till they get a little bit older and then they start to have this perception, I've got to behave in a particular way. And I think when we put that on people, it really holds them back. And, and so... I just love the philosophy of being the best that you can be and the best that you can be is to be yourself and 
be happy with who you are, not trying to live up to a stereotype that's thrown at you from the World Wide Web or from television or from any sort of, of broadcast. And I, I just see, I love the people, the David Helfgotts of the world, you know, who, who live in their world and they're just great at it and they don't have to be dressed as a superstar. They, 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 they just generate energy because they are who they are. Absolutely. Talking about being the best version of yourself, you're a married man with three kids. Yeah. And I arrived here at 8.30 this morning and you had already gone for a run and a, a sorry, a ride and a swim. Mm. So it's obviously important to you that you live to your family and your health values. Oh, absolutely. As I said, I was never the, the greatest sports person. I played some first grade cricket. I umpired cricket at a high level. But the most important thing is that I stay healthy. You know, I've got injuries to my knee, I've got screws in my neck and my back. But to sit back and just wallow in those is takes you nowhere. And, and I love going into the pool. I'm, I'm part of a group that, you know, some of them much older than me who've had knee replacements, hip replacements, all sorts of things, and they inspire me because they're, they're, they're in the pool every morning because it's, it's their get-up. And it's not just the self-motivation. That, that probably takes them in the first place. But it's the fact that going to the pool means they're going to connect with other people. And when you get into the gym and you start to see children of children of children that you've had involvement with in the gym and you think, I used to be able to, you know, press 100 kilos or whatever it might be, you get a little bit envious, but you think, well, I'm not able to do that now. But isn't it great that these kids are coming through? And, and you do see a pattern. There's a lot of kids that, that have done that. So health, healthy mind, I think, is driven by a healthy body. And uh, if you can maintain that, and the times in my life when uh, I haven't been motivated to go and do that, it's, it's impacted in every single aspect of my life, whether it be from blood pressure going up, sugar levels going up, putting on weight, not massively, but putting on weight, they all come because I haven't been driven. I feel so much better and I feel I'm a much better father, husband and friend when I'm mentally and physically well. Absolutely. Movement is medicine for so many reasons. Yeah. Now, I know you love history. Yep. What would you tell, what advice would you give to a 30-year-old Jeff man? <laughs> I think I, I would probably, I'd love to have had that philosophy of what other people think about you is none of your business. At 30, I was finishing my playing career because of injuries and I was probably caught up in what will other people think. As far as work was concerned, I, I was driven to succeed in work, but I, I got caught up in that. So the advice to a 30-year-old Jeff Mann would be just be yourself. Be open, and I think I have been open, but be more open to opportunities that are going to arise for you and don't try to live up to somebody else's expectations or your perceived view of their expectations of you. Brilliant. And you've done your research on me for your show <laughs> and we've chatted a little bit about my history in sport and things like that. What, would, what advice, and this is my selfish way of learning from people I interact with, what advice would you give to a 32-year-old Brett Robbo <laughs> who you know, used to dabble a little bit in sport, uh, an optimistic lover of life and still got another 90 years ahead of me? Maybe 80 years, 110 That'd be very good. Mm -hmm. I'd say do continue to do what you're doing. The second piece of advice that I have sitting beside my bed is not to decide is to decide. Again, think about it. Not to decide is to decide. If you don't get out of bed of a morning and go for a run, own the fact that you haven't got out of bed. Say, I chose not to get out of bed. It's a back, back, you know, it's a back to front way of saying make choices in your life, and own those decisions. If it's to not exercise, own that. So I chose not to do that today, but if you if you don't do anything, you are actually choosing not to doing, but you're not owning it. And I see that with a lot of people when you you talk with young people, what do you see for the future, and even if they only own one part of that, which is, I'm not sure, but I'm going to try and find out. So what I would say to you is, you know, you've reinvented yourself in a number of ways. Keep doing that. Keep your eyes open and make decisions and own those decisions. I umpired cricket. 
And that was one of the first lessons I learned is that you make decisions. Not everyone's going to like it. The batsman's not going to like it when you give him out LBW. The bowler's not going to like it when you don't give them out LBW. But you own the decision because you've made the decision based on what you knew and what you saw at the time. So in your life, you're going to make decisions in in all sorts of ways. Don't live your life regretting, saying, oh, I wish I hadn't. Say, well, I did. What did I learn from that? And that's a big thing too, I think, is learning. See, see anything that's not as a mistake but as a learning experience. So that, that's where growth comes. Absolutely, I love it. And accountability, vitally important for us to learn, grow and develop. What's something that you wish people would ask you more often? I think a little bit about what my drivers are. People often see that you're engaged. They see that you're involved but they don't necessarily ask you about the the whys or what it is that has motivated you and what my supports are and if people were to ask me about that I would talk about the quality of my married relationship and how vitally important that is that we we work together through ups and downs my motivation is through I, I think observing other people who are disadvantaged in some way whether it's through poverty whether it's through the you know their family circumstances uh, whether it's through illness or injury and 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 those people they inspire me but the people that are around them inspire me so I guess that's if people were to ask me something about me that they don't necessarily ask is why do you do what you do? And I'd say I do what I do because I, I hopefully am mirroring to some extent what I've observed and what people have done to me and with me and for me. Brilliant. I love it. That's That expands on what we talked about earlier with the drivers behind your involvement with radio and your mm. involvement in community. My father was an orphan. His mum died when he was nine days old and his father died when he was ten an orphan in the sense that he didn't have his mum and dad with him all the time, didn't know his mum, reared by a loving family, of his mother's family. But I can recall my mother saying that our dad wanted to, all he wanted to be was the best father he could be. And, you know, we had fights and got belted and different things. I don't mean in a bad way, but like a lot of kids in that era. But... My dad lives on, not just in our family, but in the whole community as Pop. Everyone knew him as Pop, and that drives me as well. So I suppose the motivation that I have comes from his faith, his expression of love, and his willingness to share that with other people. And what's it all about, Jeff? What's this life thing all about <laughs> from your perspective? Well, I just think it's about living. It's about going outside yourself and getting involved there's times on every single day and in a given hour of a day when you don't feel like doing something but life is about being involved I think there's times when you go into a desert and you you really don't know where you're going and you feel isolated and you're and you're and you're all alone but it's using that desert experience to come out the other end as a better person and a, and a fuller person. And, and I think there are aspects of life and love when, when you're in a, a desert experience. I, I reckon as a sports person, you must have had those experiences where you asked yourself, what's this all about? I've seen it. I've seen people who, who are brilliant sports people and then they're just not providing anything. But it's what's happening in their soul, what's happening in their, their lives that is determining how they perform. So it's that fulfillment aspect, isn't it? Absolutely. Just filling one bucket of life. We need to nourish all the key areas. And and when when certain things happen in your life that change your circumstances, you then live with that. I suppose it's it's dealing with the cards, you know, playing with the cards you've been dealt. And and when they're dealt, you can't change the cards. So you say, Well, what can I do best to maximize these? What can I do in life? My knee was buggered and I couldn't compete anymore. So what do I do to continue to give life? As you slow down and, and different things happen, it's just searching out 
something else that you can do to be fulfilled because to sit and do nothing is totally taking you nowhere. Unfulfilled, absolutely. Now, we kind of mentioned it just before. Maybe you've already given it in your answer, but I do ask all my guests what specific advice they can give to the listeners on what action they can take to become more impactful in their lives and in their communities. Firstly, value yourself. Value that whatever you do can have an impact on other people. How much better it is if that can be a positive impact. And that can be the simple thing from opening a door from someone, and I don't say for a woman or a man, opening a door for someone, standing back, letting them go through, knocking on your neighbour's door and asking them, is everything okay? Carrying someone's bag to their car. They might be old world values, but I think that's what I would say to people if you want to have an impact. Smile. What's it cost to smile? Walk down the street, make a bit of eye contact and smile at someone. Say hi. You don't know what impact that has, but I guarantee you 99 times out of 100, it has a positive impact. So if you want to get involved, uh, what's the, the saying? Act ABC, act, belong, commit. A, take an action. B, belong and own belonging in whatever aspect of your life it is and then and then commit to doing something. If it's I'm going to take the garbage bin out so mum doesn't have to or I'm going to take the garbage bin out for the next door neighbour, do that. I love that, brilliant. Now, where can our listeners learn more about you on the radio show or if you've got a website or anything <laughs> like that? And then how can I and the listeners help you on your journey? Well, I think helping me on my journey is just keep sharing their views. They're positive. Like I, I do use Facebook a lot. That's probably one of, one of my, uh, if you like, what's the word? Not obsessions. One of my, what's the correct word? It's is not an obsession. Yeah, it's one of my hobbies. But it's, it's through Facebook that you see what people have done. People that you went to school with and you had, and this goes back to that thing about what other people think of you is none of your business. People that I thought were uncool at school and I look at where they've gone in their lives, you know, whether, whether they're, they're grandparents now and they're a nonna and people are happy with them, whether they've had a business life or, or whether they've had some adversity, but through that adversity have grown. So yes, it is a hobby and, and keep sharing those good things. There's a, a Canamble page that I love going over because it's all positive and people remembering. Never, never let your, your memories go. Don't live in the past, but look at them and maybe look at them through different eyes. The other way would be, you know, listen to my sports program, Sports Saturday, ABC, Western Plains, Central Western Western Plains. It's, it is broadcast uh, on live podcast uh, and, and broadcast live around the world. That's on ABC Western Plains, Saturday mornings, 9 till 10. Or uh, just check out what I'm up to on Facebook, I think. Brilliant. Now, Jeff, you mentioned values there before, and you also mentioned giving earlier. And I'm all about uh, one of my top core values is giving. I give all my guests a gift for coming on the show. And knowing that community is such a big part of your life, I have a gift for you from Coba, and I wanted to give it something unique that I thought you possibly wouldn't have. <laughs> I've got a pair of Coba flip-flops here, the good old Aussie songs <laughs> and the Coba sign printed onto them. Oh, it's magic. That's the uh, the entrance to Coba, and, and it always gets me because people think of Coba as completely flat, but you come into town and the first thing you see is actually uh, the side of a hill and the Coba sign, and, uh, and it, it does mean so much, and that rich heritage of, of mining and uh, and of course, I, I, I've a great affiliation with with Cobar over many years. Went to school with kids from Cobar, involved in sport against them, and of course, uh, I've had plenty of uh, subtle ribbing from the Cobar roosters who would be banging on the side of the tin shed at Tom Knight Oval <laughs> <laughs> and telling me what I should know about Cobar. <laughs> Absolutely, those vibes, Jeff. Before we wrap up, do you have anything else to say to the listeners? No, Brett. I, I just think it's uh, a little bit of fate that we came together the other day and I, I'm just looking at a, an article that I had written in the Dubbo Photo News today but there's a photo there that says it all and, and that's a woman who is an inspiration at 40 years of age, Simone Grounds, who was a fine all-rounder but hockey player when she was younger, who's now riding her bike 
and she came back and won three events, what they call the Grand Slam, the Triple Treat, in Masters Cycling, and at 40 is now about to compete in Open Cycling again. And when she caught up with you at that Baton Relay, it was your podcast that had been her inspiration, and I call her Brett's number one podcast fan. But she inspires me. And what she said when she was presented with the Dubbo Sports Person of the Year about how that cycling community has wrapped their, her around them, how they've brought her through the adversities and are now sitting with her children, that's what life's all about. Absolutely. I've got goosebumps hearing you talk about that because from the other side of the world, Simone reached out to me and shared her story through email about how the podcast was part of what helped her get back on the bike, find that resilience, different things like that. And to me, that's what the podcasting journey is all about. I say that I want to impact the lives of hundreds of thousands of people. That, to me, is impact. Well, I think you've done it, and and, uh, I I love listening to what you've done. I love the start of your program and the words of, of, of what you're saying. In fact, I quoted them. Welcome to your life of impact where I connect with world-class athletes and coaches, health experts and enthusiasts, inspiring entrepreneurs and community leaders to teach you how to tap, tap into your inner experience. Brett Robinson, I'm extremely grateful to be on your program today and uh, you have shared your insightful journey with me. My journey I I hope I've shared something of my journey with you. Absolutely. You're one of those community leaders that I strive to get onto the show, and I'm extremely grateful for that. Jeff, you're a legend. You're a genuine, humble legend of a man. Keep shining your community-spirited light to the world. Good on you. Thank you. Thanks for having me on board. There he is, a true, genuine country legend who's very in touch with his purpose through the work he does and the connection he creates for people all around the globe. Jeff proudly showed us through his archiving systems and took me on a bit of a history dive when we finished. I love his passion and commitment to keeping the past alive. Make sure you tune into his radio segment and follow him on Facebook for his life adventures. I'm looking forward to connecting and collaborating with Jeff more in the future. And as always, remember, this is your life journey, your life of impact.